0: Well, imagine, though, calling 911 during the altercation not, and them not answering the phone. Okay? Yeah. But imagine calling them twice and then not answering the phone.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 95 of For the Love of Guns. Thank you for joining Team Banch today as we talk about, well, being held hostage. Think about that. What would you do if you were held hostage in your own home? Today we're gonna talk to Susan Romanoff. She's gonna talk about that, because it happened to her. Not only was she held hostage for five and a half hours, 911 did not answer, twice. And then she was stalked for two years afterwards. Now before we talk to Susan, it's time to pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Hey everybody. Mm falco holsters are just the best i really really love them they're all i carry now because they're comfortable they fit right they're handmade and they're high quality go check out falco holsters because they have a holster for every gun any budget without sacrificing quality and make sure you use the checkout code banshee to save 10 percent. this episode is also brought to you by Ammo squared. And with inflation being at, well, almost record highs, people are running to gold and silver. It's a great combination to really store wealth. But there's another combination I want to talk to you about. It is copper jacketed lead. If you're a gun owner, you know this precious metal combination called ammo. Now, ammo squared has a great way of storing wealth in ammo. You're investing in ammo. And what happens is, is when you put your money into that ammo, it's stored in a you know physically in a secured facility for you. And then you can pull it out. Now what happens when you buy the low and prices go up? You can sell that ammo back. You don't have to take the ammo. You know in physical shipment you can actually sell it back at a higher price what a cool way of investing your money into either something you need in, such as ammo or money go check out ammo squared now with the bills paid let's talk to susan susan tell me about your love of guns
0: so susan romanov is my name I was uh, held hostage in 1992 in my home for five and a half hours at knife point and then stalked for two years. So having been in fear for my life for two years and five and a half hours without a break, right? I literally had to figure out what it would take for me to be able to defend myself. What I call increase the odds I'm going to prevail if I find myself having to defend my life again. The story behind that's pretty Pretty long, but in the meantime, let's skip forward. And today, I now have taught more than a hundred thousand women, uh, at least a minimum of a, a four to eight-hour class, and that was as of 2018. So I might be kind of quiet out there, but that's because I'm working hard behind the scenes so my goal is to help women and their families that includes men and children to be able to better defend themselves um, and what it takes to increase the odds are going to prevail so not-for-profit shooting for women alliance 501c3 and that's the uh, that's the short version I guess <laughs> awesome
1: now. For everybody in the audience either watching or, or, or listening on the audio side, I'll have all the links down below in the description so that way you can get to Susan Romanoff and you know see all about the organization because we're going to talk about two organizations today. But before we go to that, uh, we both met at SHOT Show this year at one of my favorite booths, which just happens to be a sponsor of the podcast, which is Falco. Um, that's where I met you. Actually, I, I talked to your husband before I got a chance to talk to you mm-hmm. and even your husband's a, a great guy. And I just knew okay. right there, I needed, I needed to get you on the, on the podcast. Well, thank now you. I'm, I'm going to ask you something. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Falco product?
0: Okay. So I love all the Falco products. Honestly, I, I mean, I think they're very well made. They're beautifully, uh, beautifully done. Well thought out, by the way. But I found this little thing, which is absolutely a little secret that I think a lot of us should have available. It's a very thin, very lightweight holster. And it has your little loops in the back you, where you can put it on your belt. So you can use it hiking or running to the store, whatever. has a really cool place to put your phone in it if for fast access, a nice zipper pocket also to put all your keys and all that money we have or don't have. But the coolest thing about it is, is it's so fast access to be able to get to your gun if you need it. So it's, and it also doesn't look like a holster. A fanny pack. So yeah, it does. It does that's, it doesn't that's the doesn't whole thing. When fanny, pack fanny packs you, came out. They just screamed yeah. gun, right? Exactly. And this is so thin and it doesn't make your yeah. fanny or your front look bigger. <laughs> I love it. And I love Falco, period, really.
1: I do too. And and one of my favorites uh was was actually their special edition that they came out with this year was the AX11 with a hand carved leather. That um, is beautiful. It's a beautiful ultrason, but that's what I love about Falco is
0: they're ha- you know, they're it. all handmade. Oh yeah, yeah. Push and, it up close where so you can see the detail. I just uh, isn't that gorgeous? Oh my gosh. I mean beautiful. that is
1: just I mean that is all hand carved, and I There's just you. love, I just love that, and I just thought that was kind of cool that we both met right at the Falco booth there. We did, um, yeah. and both of us love Falco holsters, and this yeah. kind of what led us to today to talk, uh, you know, it. talk about your story, which is, you know, you you sent me the the you know we were talking we for everybody on the podcast we talked for about forty minutes before we started recording, uh, we could have recorded this, the whole by podcast. Way. Yeah, we could have recorded a whole podcast about what we just recorded and never hit what we were actually going to talk about today. But it was awesome. It was awesome talking to you. And I was reading through the story that you sent me. And that's why I want you on because we talk about self-defense. You know, I've had people come in and talk about self-defense, but we can talk about it all we want. But when someone lives through something, that's those are stories we really need to talk about about because we have a tendency to forget why we talk about self defense. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. before we before we get to your story, I'd like to get through a really quick se- segment here called Ask the AI.
0: Okay? And
1: I asked ChatGPT three different questions. So, I'm going to ask you and then we're going to see if ChatGPT got them correct. Okay? So what are the top three reasons someone might choose a leather holster over a Kydex holster?
0: Durability, uh, the structure of it, and hopefully the design, the beauty of it.
1: So they, uh, they came up with, and this is why I asked the esper- experts, because sometimes ChatGPT doesn't quite get things right. They said comfort. Leather is softer and more flexible than Kydex, um, which that's it is, okay. but
0: that's okay. it's, it's, it's not, not a, a bad story. answer. <laughs>
1: but personally, when you have a holster like this, uh, this is totally looks, right? Mm-hmm. This is totally style. I'm not saying it's not comfortable because it is, but mm-hmm. um, when I look at a holster, I don't look at it and go comfort. <laughs> exactly. Um, style, which we yeah. just talked about, style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and retention, which this is the one answer that I, I I understand where they were going for it, but they didn't quite get it right. No, is leather holsters have a natural retention to provide a secure fit without requiring any adjustments or break-in period, which we all know leather needs to be broken in.
0: Okay. Cowboy boots, you know what I mean? To start with. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So so that, that's why I kind of go through this because These AIs are getting so popular and people are like, oh, that's the answer. Not. No, (laughs) not. exactly. Um, So I also asked ChatGPT, what's the top reason someone should take a defensive shooting class?
0: So they could learn how to fight with a gun in the event they have to do that and be able to hopefully increase their awareness and and learn what it takes to survive in that situation. That's why they should take a defensive class. Literally, it doesn't, uh, it's also very hard to, by the way, little side information, it's very hard to train for because you can train for everything and that won't be what happens to you. So, yeah, defensive training is very important.
1: And that's the thing is you can train, you can train so much, but you really can't train for the stress that you're going to be under
0: Yeah, for that.
1: Maybe, which um, is this is this is another reason why I ask these questions. Defensive shooting classes provide valuable training on how to use a firearm effectively and safely in a self-defense situation, including techniques for shooting under stress.
0: We have a whole class for that, and it's not, by the way, the defensive handgun tactics class. Just to let yeah. you know, it's a practice power and precision part two class that we would teach what they, what their explanation is. Um, Defensive handgun is totally different. I think.
1: I think so as well. And that's, and that's the thing is, you know, we talk about, they talk about stress in there, you know, unless you're at a, at a gun range where someone's throwing tennis balls at your head.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's a new one. We might use that. I like that idea.
1: There you go. (laughs) I mean, that's really not good. You're not going to get, I mean, it, if you're a new shooter, there's going to be a certain level of, of anxiety. But not nowhere near, I mean, I mean, your heart rate during a defensive shooting is going to go from resting to probably 150 like that. And um, yeah, it's okay. that's where I have a little bit of problems These these. You see, this is why I like to ask these questions. Because mm-hmm. um, everybody is saying that, oh, this is going to give me the answer, gives you kind of the answer. Um, the last thing I asked it for is what are the top three things someone should look for in a firearms instructor?
0: Oh, first of all, knowledge, experience, and I would say basically the right attitude to be able to get a certain student to solve whatever problem they're doing or bring them to the next level. So I I think those three things are important. I
1: love your problem solving because, you know, I take, I take classes. We, we try to re up some of our, our training every once in a while because we have our Mm -hmm. concealed carry and it's just good to learn from another instructor. Mm -hmm. And I've seen good instructors and I've seen bad instructors. And some of the bad instructors, Mm -hmm. they, they want to solve the problem for you to keep the class moving, Mm -hmm. but that's not going to help you when you have that malfunction.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, What ChatGPT came up with is experience and qualifications, teaching skills, and safety focus.
0: Safety focus is almost a no—what would you call it—a no-brainer, right? That's it's a a, a
1: requirement.
0: Yeah, it's a requirement
1: to teach firearms.
0: We could do a whole podcast just on the problems that instructors have, you know, (laughs) and and there's nothing worse than killing the brand of a, of a a organization. For instance, I'll never forget at SHOT Show running into a lady who was picking up a bunch of guns at SIG's booth and pointing them in every which direction. And one of the instructors that are with our organization says, Hey, excuse me, could you keep that pointed in the safe direction? And I'm just watching you know, ready to grab the gun when it hits the wrong cl- place close to me. And the woman turns around and goes, Well, I'm an NRA instructor. And I'm like, Oh, don't tell anyone Ooh. that. Because. Oh, yeah. Don't, is don't advertise that when you're acting is a, like that. a bad name. Yeah, doesn't it? Oh, see. Yeah. That's a whole that's, other that is
1: something that drives me nuts, uh, especially like when you go to a gun store and someone's just like, Hey, check this thing out. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Stop.
0: <laughs> uh, please, please have, stop that. Have you seen the uh, Denzel Washington? I think it is. He's at a gun show and some people pick up some guns. There's a little video. I'll send it to you. It's hilarious. And this guy picks it up and he starts doing this. And Denzel Washington grabs the gun down, takes it, shows it's empty, hands it back to him and says, keep that in a safe direction. I mean, it's just what <laughs> you want to do. Every time yeah. you see somebody, you know, do something with I, a gun that isn't real safe. It's those are those type of things drive me nuts because
1: people don't they don't understand right because i mean first first rule of firearms when uh you know when i learned them was every gun is loaded yeah period yeah right yeah um no matter i mean you could put a you could show me clear put a gun down i'm still going to clear that gun
0: absolutely
1: Absolutely. And, you know,
0: another another thing really, Jason, that is a problem is that a lot of instructors will just do or go through the tasks of making sure something's empty, for instance, and they don't even tell you what they're doing. And heaven forbid they do it quickly. Like, let's just rack this gun three times fast and show you it's empty. And okay, And you're going, hey, wait, I don't even know about this. You know, so, yeah, there's instructors have a big role to fill, actually, if they want to do a good job.
1: There was a. There was a gun range that you used to belong to in Maryland when uh, you know, I was younger and we, we lived in Maryland, and you, you have had to go gun through ranges in Maryland. <laughs> they they did, I, just... oddly enough, it was awesome. right next to the post office. Oh, wow! <laughs> uh, the, the office, uh, the gun range office, the gun range owner. Didn't quite like the jokes that he would get, right? I was, from that. a
0: few were running through my head. I get it.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it was an extremely safety focused uh, firearm, a you know, gun range, uh, which made us want to go there. Oh, yeah. Because we've seen some really bad gun ranges mm-hmm. and um, you had to go through the class and then you had to prove your competency with every type of firearm you're going to shoot there. Nice. So with that is um, one of the instructors, she was telling us one time that you know she had a Navy SEAL. And for those of you in the air on, on the audio side, I'm using air quotes, had a Navy SEAL. I know everything about firearms. Mm-hmm. Okay. When when he got done shooting, she goes, okay, show me a safe, you know, a clear and safe gun. He took his gun and just kept on racking the slide, ejecting all the rounds until it's until it locked open, then released the um, mag.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I don't know any navy seal that would do that mm-hmm. let alone a normal gun person
0: well so, he also gives a bad name to navy seals just like if you do the wrong acts yeah. we're all firearms owners we need to be you know protecting our second amendment for lack of better words by being good stewards of that so people aren't afraid of us because we have guns exactly
1: yeah no exactly yeah. so well anyways so as everyone can see if you're using chat gpt in your personal life Take the answers you're getting with a grain of salt because yeah. AIs do not necessarily get it right all the time. Exactly. So well said. Is, well, with that out of the way, yes, you have one of the most powerful stories that I've ever heard of and read about about you about what happened to you in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, now you were held hostage mm-hmm. in your own home, correct? Correct. And not only were you held hostage, you were stopped for two years afterwards by that individual. That's exactly right. So how do, first of all, how do you get over that type of that type of trauma that happens in your life?
0: Well, actually, I've been told that I'm a wounded healer, they call it, and that's where you either go and put yourself in a cave and don't come out, or you cry yourself to sleep every day, or you do something. To help other people and that apparently is the the avenue that i took and for me it's helping other people not go through what i went through and what i experienced and through education and and for what to do for instance do get a police report make sure you do if you have a problem you know that can really tank things real quick but things that which you get, it, did, uh, it did to you because there was
1: no police did. report of of yeah. of of what happened
0: no well imagine though calling 911 during the altercation not and them not answering the phone okay yeah. but imagine calling them twice and then not answering the phone and you got to remember this was in the 90s right so I had I was in a house where I was trying to make the phone call and the person who was doing this to me actually ripped the phone cord, that squirrely thing that goes, you know, yeah. from that receiver. Yeah. Back when, we, back, when, back when we used to have those things. Exactly. when you could, only, And we had them long enough to go in the front yard. Yeah. yeah, that thing would hurt you if you got wrapped up in it. But he just broke that in his bare hands and broke the line connection. So in this whole process, I'm thinking any phone that I pick up anywhere that I am, there's no dial tone. So I had to figure out how to deal with that. Then when I get to call 911 the second time, they still didn't answer. I mean, I threw the phone and ran. It was horrible, just horrible. So things were different back then. And not only that, uh, when he was stalking me, I would get phone calls telling me that who's that blonde headed guy that just delivered pizza to your house or something. Oh, that's creepy. it's nuts. And, and I made a big mistake. It took longer to find him because I kept telling him I knew everything he was doing. I can see your phone on my caller ID, you know? So then he learned how to use star 60, whatever, you know, yes. and then I, yeah. I know you're here. Well, then he figured out a way to, to move around. I mean, I kept giving him information to try to let him know he wasn't gonna, you know, he was going to get caught when in essence, I ended up learning I was helping him.
1: Yeah. So now how do you get from, you know, going through that ordeal, recovering to training and speaking about the, about self-defense and, you know, how, how do you make that step? I mean, okay,
0: was it instant or did it take some time? Well, the thing of it is, l- let, let me just mention that after going through all of that and I can give you a a link to the story so somebody could read it if they wanted to. It's not a problem. But going through all of that, finally, the officers that showed up for the second time on my front doorstep, when he came back a second time and still got away, they said to me, go and get a hotel room. And I went and I would got my little dog and I go to the hotel on the other side of town. I tell him I want to sleep by now. It's four in the morning. I just want to get some rest. Right. And I've got my dog. I'm trying to sneak in and I get the, the door and I open it up and there's a man in the room. There's literally a man in the room. I was like, he's like, get out of my room. I'm like, oh, my God. I walked down to that hotel for an entrance. I have my dog under my arm. No dogs allowed. I was like, you just give me a key to a room that doesn't have a man in it. Well, I got put in this room. 13 hours later, the dog had a bladder of steel. We slept, okay? I went to the phone book to find help, and the page was torn out. And I knew at that moment somebody else. I actually looked through the phone book to see if any other pages were turned out, and it was like an omen to me. What I needed was missing, so now I'm thinking there's more people than just me and somebody was in this room. So that started my process on this is serious. Then when you're you have a sheriff, huh?
1: You're, you're you at that point you know you're not alone in this.
0: That's absolutely. I'm like I am not alone. And then when the sheriff calls me and says we're going to teach you how to use a gun, they didn't have carry permits back then. I wasn't law enforcement, you know, none of that. So they're like, we're going to train you how to use a gun because we're only minutes away when seconds count. And I was like, okay, the place that I trust doesn't answer the phone, not once, but twice. And now they want me to get a gun, right? So I I did. That's a whole story in and of itself, but nothing like going to the gun store and them saying to us, we don't have guns for girls. And me thinking yeah. I'm special because, hey, the sheriff sent me. Okay. Sheriff told you go get gun. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So then it was the process of the gun they gave me. I couldn't hit the side of a barn with. But by the time I got to have to shoot all the rounds I had to shoot and the way I had to shoot them to qualify through the sheriff's department, I ended up um, having to alter that gun immensely. And I'm no, uh, what do you call it, engineer, but my life. Depended on it, and that's the difference. We go right back to your first question, really, Jason. You know, we don't often get to know what it is if we haven't been through it. And I'm going to tell you, it's the mother of invention. When your life is at stake, everything starts to change. You'll start looking at the way people tell you to do things, and you'll go, uh, "That's not going to help me in this situation." So that's what it, started it. So it was immediate, I guess, is the best answer. And and that's one of
1: the things. Um, that's one of the things that I, I look at is it's, it's always somebody else's problem
0: mm-hmm.
1: until it's yours. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, cause you know, that, that happens to other people. Well, what happens when it happens to you and you're not prepared? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, you know, knowing this story, this is, this is, I, I carry a firearm, right? Mm-hmm. My wife carries a firearm. We, mm-hmm. we, We carry our firearms. I know other people carry their firearms. Mm -hmm. We have not been through that, that Mm -hmm. situation, Mm -hmm. but we have worked to try to give ourselves an edge. Should that, should something happen, right? Not not saying that we're absolutely prepared. Yeah. We're
0: better prepared. Um, Sort of, but it it also can be very deadly because it's a very false sense of security to have a handgun if you don't know how to use it and just showing it to somebody. Although in a lot of instances, the presence of a gun makes somebody leave. That is not your go-to thing. Hey, I'm going to show you this. And by the way, you know that's not it. Yeah. So it is a false sense of security. And, and my heart is really heavy for people that are that are just carrying guns, especially with the new, let's do the non-constitutional carry, permitless carry across yeah. the country, right? And they're, they don't know anything about really what it takes to defend yourself with a gun. You could lose it. I and, mean, it's just, yeah, that's a whole And that's,
1: that's the thing, um, you know, going through um, 2020 and two to, 2021, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. all know the statistics of how many brand new gun owners. Yes. One of the issues that I was talking about that I had a problem with was right firearms were hard to get because everybody was buying them.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Ammunition was almost impossible to get. Yeah. So we have all these brand new firearm owners who bought their token one box of ammo
0: because that's all they could get. Right.
1: Not trained with their firearm, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not seek out instruction,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but suddenly I'm safe because I have a gun. The gun is a tool. You need to know yeah. how to use the
0: tool. Oh yeah. You're gonna just put me off in a whole nother three hour session. I know. So, don't I'm do sorry. it, don't do it. My heart bleeds for that. That's why through, through the program, once I went through what I did and I started realizing you know, the importance of what it really means to fit yourself for a gun so that you don't lose that gun in a fight and you can naturally hit what you need to hit all the way up to the point of how to defend yourself with the gun. And then basically in the end, increase the odds you're going to prevail. It's all, every curriculum that I've put together is for that purpose, period, you know, and, and it's because people need, when they make their mind up, really, Jason, I'm, I need a gun now, all of a sudden, they don't have a lifetime to get trained up. No. They don't. So how do you get them from I now have a gun to I at least can carry it safely uh, and use it effectively, and not only that, then have the knowledge about legally and not. So it is a. Yeah. It's been my life's That's mission over the last however many years. Because legal there, there are a lot of legal issues yeah. um,
1: with carrying guns. Whether regardless of what state you're in, mm-hmm. um, you know the 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 first concealed carry class that I went through. We were talking offline about this was by a a Montana highway patrol officer here in Montana. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we were going through the class, one of the greatest things of taking that class was, we lucked out that we chose the right instructor Mm -hmm. right off the bat, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he set that bar so high for every other instructor that we've had. Cause we'll take, take every few years, we'll take a class from another instructor Mm -hmm. to number one, refresh ourselves with what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Cause there's, And number two, you have different points of view. Yes. But, you know, when he's talking about this thing and he's coming at it, um, you know, a responding officer Mm -hmm. saying, look, when you, you know, if if this happens to you and you are, you know, and you do need to defend your life with it, Mm -hmm. this is what you do. Mm -hmm. When the police show up, this is what you do. And then you shut up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. And Um, it's not a good idea to get that card out and say, Oh, by the way, I have insurance and it tells me I'm not supposed to say anything Call my lawyer. That could be a problem. I'm sure he didn't tell you to do that. Right. No. So,
1: and those are the things that, um, that's what training does, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, going back to, that's why one of the things I asked chat GPT was how do you pick a good instructor? Because I've seen bad ones. I've seen Mm -hmm. really bad ones. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's why you know that's why talking to you you have a lot of curriculum which we'll get to in a little bit Mm -hmm. about this and you you have a completely different point of view because of what has happened to you
0: oh yeah and
1: what you've come out of
0: um i mean you know i i'll tell you i the fact about it is when I went to the sheriff's department and I was trained by a a sheriff's trainer, right. I realized then that as a civilian, I don't have what they have. I don't have backup. I don't have a call that I can make. I don't get the call. Hey, unload rack and get ready, you know, to move in. I I'm in, I'm going to be ambushed. We as civilians, 99% of the time we're going to be ambushed unless our awareness is up. Right. So now you think about the most the most decorated military and law enforcement, if they're ambushed, they fail 99% of the time. So that was a wide open thought for me. And it I learned really quickly that it's different as a civilian. And it's different when you have to defend yourself in almost See, you, an ambush. You brought up
1: something that I, I've been shooting since I was seven. Mm-hmm. I, you brought up something that I never thought about. Um, you know, and when I was in FFL, I had uh, I did a lot of uh, work for law enforcement here, local law mm-hmm. enforcement. When they're in a shooting, they have a radio; they can call for backup. Yep. I, it, you, I mean, we always talk about you're your own first responder. You're not only your only, your first responder; you're your only responder.
0: Absolutely absolutely now there and and the fact is that sometimes you'll have people in your life that are going to be with you a lot of the time so there's this cross training that should go on between you to help you to give you that backup but w- you you don't have a buddy you have you and there's a lot of decisions that are made in that process and it is true think about it our most decorated military and law enforcement when they go in to do some some whatever they're going to do they end up failing if somebody ambushes them. Yeah. I mean think about it. That's what's going to happen to us as a civilian. We don't have a plan moving in to to go after somebody. We're not there on a call, you know? We're going to get ambushed and our awareness level can help s- reduce those odds so to speak. But my awareness had to be up. I'm telling you, two years and five and a half hours, there was no break for me. My awareness was keen because I was waiting for that instant to happen and then trying to figure out what to do about it. There's no like getting R&R when you're in the service. You know, yeah, you're in a worse horrible place than I am. You might be getting shot at constantly, but the fact is you can kind of sometimes get away. Law enforcement hopefully have a nice restful place to go home at the end of the day. I'm two years and five and a half hours is a dang long time yeah mm-hmm. especially since that happened in
1: your house oh, i mean this is right this right. is supposed to be the safest place that yeah. you're you you should be able to you should be able to feel safe in your own home
0: absolutely
1: uh, this this violates that whole sanctity of this is my
0: safe space yes no question and you know what it also gave me a perspective on what it really is to protect yourself within your home and what what a safe space is and what certain things will work and what won't. Unlike a lot of materials that are out there, it's a different deal when you in your house have had to defend yourself. It gives you a whole nother perspective. I've tried really hard to share that with people with their own floor plans. You know what I'm saying? It's your
1: right. And that's that's important because like, uh, you know, as great as my first instructor was, Mm -hmm. he was teaching out of the NRA, you know, was the NRA Mm -hmm. class. Mm-hmm. And I got a handbook, a spiral bound little handbook about mm-hmm. defending my home and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's great, but it's, it it's not, it's not reality, right? Because well, that, that well, book is written for the genet for generics.
0: Yes. And, and let me just say that the NRA has really good basic material. They really do. They get you thinking about things. For instance, they'll say, uh, don't, um, what do you call it, uh, don't let your bushes grow close to your windows and make sure this and all these lighting things well i'm going to tell you i drove in to my garage when this happened to me i drove in my garage the and i never saw anybody get in to my garage but that's what happened he slipped in that garage door went down and my life changed forever after that yeah okay so yeah it all mhm just saying you're right yeah,
1: yeah I, and it was funny it's i, I you know i'm just thinking you're talking about situational awareness and what suddenly flashed through my mind just now was how many times have I been out getting gas in my own car, right? I got, mm-hmm. I got to get gas in my car mm-hmm. looking around. Cause I'm looking around. I'm trying to see what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. Seeing someone sitting there, earbuds on, blasting music off, just filling their car, staring at the gas can, or uh, uh, gas cap.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you have no idea what's going on around you. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's- now, just just a little thing, because because everybody talks about situational awareness. They talk about it's hard to stay in it, aware of your surroundings and they give you all these list of things you should do to keep yourself from, you know, doing something with your earbuds in, whatever. But, you know, I have I have from experience figured out you can keep your awareness level up. The difference is you have to want to. Yes. You have to decide that's the most important thing for you, because until that happened to me, my awareness level. I mean, I didn't miss my I didn't think I was, you know, too stupid or whatever. Yeah. But li- literally, when you know that you have this threat, then you make it. your. Th- now it's a lifestyle with me. I mean, I had to do it. They say do something for three days or three times or three weeks or whatever. Yes. It It makes a habit. But you have to want to. And you have to accept the fact that awareness is the key to safety. You can get away from things much, much easier under that. Circumstance. I,
1: I love what you're talking about with that, because you have with anything you have to want it. Right. Mm-hmm. You, ha- you have to want you have to want to do something And yeah, you know, Everybody's looking for that easy button. Right. Yep. I've got yep. a gun. It's not going to happen to me. Right. You're actually probably more like if you're not trained. Right, And you're not being aware that gun's actually more of a liability to you at that point.
0: That's exactly Um, right.
1: So you're going to, you're going to need to want it. That's the same thing as, you know, people think that they go to a class. I went, I bought a gun. I've got ammo. I went to a class. I'm good. Mm -hmm. This is no, you still have to do your homework and your homework is the rest of your life. If you want to, yeah, it's a lifestyle. It so is. you're going to have to maintain that awareness. You're going to have to, you know, like I said before, we take classes every every few years just to refresh on new te- new techniques mm-hmm. or a different learning style mm-hmm. or, or a different teaching style or even just law changes, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's um, important. I mean, yeah. law changes, uh, you know, here in Montana, our laws are pretty open. Uh, we went permitless carry. Well, we had open carry forever. Uh, we had concealed carry permits to get it. it basically, we needed those inside city limits. Mm-hmm. Um, outside city limits, it's you know, no one, you know, no one cared
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because Montana is a recreational state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had just kind of had things for that. But now we have the permitless carry. Laws changed, but people hear, "Oh, you know, okay, I, we have permitless carry. I can carry a gun. Yes, you can." But if you have a concealed carry permit in Montana, because we still have them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there are certain things that we're allowed to do with a permit that we couldn't do even a, a few years ago when we
0: absolutely so, yes. And you yeah. know what, Jason? The, right on that whole thought. Here's our biggest problem: people are now getting guns, and they think it's a false sense of security because they have that one box of ammo and they have that that gun. But the media and the general public don't know the the full laws about having those yes. guns, so they're putting our people in a very compromising situation. And with a permit, you can you, just exactly what you say you can carry in certain places. I mean, in this we're in Tennessee, right? In this in this state, other than being right in the the little city or whatever, it's two thirds national parks, greenways waterways okay. all those things and you can't carry in those places um in Tennessee without a permit and they don't tell you that they don't say yes. that and so the and, law uh, is just and ignorance is no excuse when it comes to guns no and, you know no what i mean it just isn't it's not to a lot of things but definitely not when it I mean, comes to i've guns. got i've got a friend who's in florida
1: mm-hmm. um they just passed their permitless carry yesterday so for those yeah. of you who are watching this, you're going to see this on either Sunday or Monday. We're recording this the Wednesday before. Mm-hmm. You know, they just passed this thing and we we're talking about this um, actually this morning. And because he's like, "Yeah, oh, we got permanent carry. I go, but when does it go into effect? Because mm-hmm. just because he signed it doesn't mean it happens right that second that that exactly. the paper. Right. <laughs> so how many people are like the news went, you can now carry in Florida without a permit. Mm hmm. Well, you can at a certain date, but what's that? They're not telling you when that date is. How many right. people went, cool, I'm strapping on my gun and I'm going out. Yep, it might be in violation of the law for that short period of time.
0: Well, there's another problem with states that are because Florida is a stand your ground state, right? So they have very little things they have to stand. Like with a, what's the, what is the difference? I'll just ask. Maybe, maybe your viewers would know. What's the difference in no duty to retreat and stand your ground in law? What is the difference?
1: Well, and uh, from what I ta- what I learned when I was on the East Coast, uh, especially living in Maryland, mm-hmm. um, in duty to retreat, you need, you cannot engage. Um, no no
0: you know- duty to retreat. Not duty. No duty. duty. Yeah. No du- oh, no, so no duty, duty retreat. retreat okay. We know you got to try, right? Yeah, you got to halt. Yeah. You gotta, so what what, what does stand your ground look like? Okay, you got a problem. You stand there. I'm standing my ground. Here I am, you know. And what does no duty to retreat look like? Oh, it looks I the same. yeah It looks the same. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to leave. But what is the difference legally?
1: You know, I couldn't you. answer
0: that. And that's what's scary. That's what's scary. The difference is, with no duty to retreat, you have other elements that have to be in play in order for you to be able to use self-defense or use deadly force in it for self-defense. For instance, you have to the the uh, situation has to be imminent. It's unless something changes, you know, it's it's not yep. going to stop. Certain things have to be in play. You're held to a higher standard in a self-defense of in a defense of you using self-defense than you are in a stand your ground state, stand your ground. It's pretty much doesn't matter. doesn't matter what they were doing particularly, you know what I mean? Boom, you know? So now you've now put into the, it doesn't matter what you're doing kind of attitude without people understanding the law into a situation where now they can strap a gun on what happened. And the thing is, is both of those terms sound the same, right? right? Exactly. As a matter of fact, some of your some of your national organizations, sadly, have misbrand. No duty to retreat and and stand your ground on states, and they say this is a stand your ground state when it isn't kind of thing. And what's sad is I always try to tell people, all those places are great, but it's your responsibility to check the laws not only in your state but at that moment because they don't update that stuff all the time. They don't. No, they can't. So you it's your responsibility. And in the end, all your instructor, your local law enforcement person that said, I'll just shoot them. That dead man don't talk. None of those people are going to be there to support you when you have to do not only defend yourself, but when you have to defend yourself in court.
1: Yeah, I to say they're not the ones that are going to be in
0: the jury nope. box. Exactly. They're not
1: or on the judge's bench. Absolutely.
0: Uh, they're not.
1: That's. And that's that's kind of the scary thing about that is, is. um, you know, one of the things that that um, it scares me about something because uh, I used to travel for work and I used to carry my firearm because I know, Mm -hmm. you know, the the surrounding states around me honored my permit. Mm -hmm. But you need to understand their laws, right? I understand Montana laws to a degree. Mm -hmm. I need to understand if I'm in Idaho, I got to understand their laws.
0: Right.
1: And you have a lot of these websites like, you know, the reciprocity thing, click yeah. click here, click there. I don't mm-hmm. know when they updated the laws on that website.
0: .gov so, is what you need. TN.gov,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: MO.gov.
1: Go to the, go yeah, to the state's absolutely. website to actually, I mean, it's not bad to click on it and then go, okay, I kind of understand what's going on now. Let me go find the actual answer and mm-hmm. don't ask an AI, which we just mm-hmm. talked about earlier. No, don't do that. Actually go to the state and find out mm-hmm. what the laws are
0: uh ai stands for artificial intelligence right intelligence. and for yep. the longest time people were saying ai ai and i'm trying to think what is that you know and I, I finally figured out what it meant but yeah that's that's your field you're the cyber guy right it is. Yeah.
1: yeah that's yeah that's the that's uh the on the cyber side we're watching that very carefully because yeah. it, it 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 intrigues us and scares us at the same time mm-hmm. and um was what, the saying um Whatever scares the scary thing, you need to be scared of.
0: That's it. No question. Absolutely. And, and the other thing is just being scared doesn't help if you're not prepared. So exactly. being scared, you need to be prepared, right? And that's exactly. where I found myself. You know, I was scared and I yeah. couldn't just take just I started thinking about everything people told me. Is that really going to help me in this situation or not? So being scared, be prepared. That's a new. We'll go. tag that. I love it. I, love it. I love that's
1: an awesome tagline. You need <laughs> you at, need to put that. You need to put that really, on your website. I don't know. We should share it. You know. <laughs> uh, you you came up with it. Well, uh, still you, you made me. It's all your fault. Well, it, you are the one that coined the phrase. It's it's yours. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's anyways, awesome. We've been talking about this stuff. Let's talk a little bit about the organizations you have here, um, mm-hmm. because these are kind of born out of uh, what happened to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to bring up this website right here.
0: Oh, guess what? That is me. I used to have whitish blonde hair for a very long time with a ponytail on one side of my head. Everybody knew me wherever I went and I decided I'm incognito now. So (laughs) it's all out. Now they know, you know, I don't have, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep. So to so talk
1: a little bit about it because we in your intro, you talked about you trained more than a hundred thousand women.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Talk a little bit about the organization here.
1: Um, you know, the shooting, okay. you know, the shooting for women alliance here.
0: Well, shooting for women alliance being a 501c3, right? We work solely on donations. We really can't support certain things. We don't sell things, but we can tell what we call truth in training, right? So we've we've got this program set up to help and meet you wherever you are wherever now the sfwam plug that you see right there that's something that just because an expert says it doesn't make it true is actually something that creates a lot of havoc because we take regular things that people say and help you do what i had to do which is think it through does that really make sense right is that for instance let me give you an example If you want to increase the odds you're going to get your gun out of a holster quickly, why would you want to cant it forward so that when you take it out, you have to twist it and come on target as compared to taking it out and doing it? So, why would that be a good idea? Just as an example. And then I see, see, to me, it sounds like you're teaching critical thinking. Yes. And I guess I was forced into critical thinking because of a critical incident. Okay. Yes. It's after three o'clock here. I am now <laughs> plugged. We have now critical thinking because of a critical incident. I've got two, uh, two little things for you. Caused there you go. Infection.
1: That's
0: yeah. awesome. That's what happens. That's when, that's when you have no choice, but to take it seriously. Okay. And so you passed up my favorite thing and oh, maybe you don't sorry. right here family fun indoor range Yep. because of the importance of being able to train not as a woman and not being in a being in a safe environment where you don't have a lot of testosterone going on in 2013 i opened in tennessee the only range in the country designed specifically for women and their families we're talking white leather sofas right <laughs> beautiful candle smell everywhere. The bathrooms are gorgeous. I mean, yeah, it's just lovely. There's no weapon word. There's no, you know, pulling guns out in the lobby and pointing them at everybody. So yeah, if uh, you get to the Smoky Mountains, you should come by. We started training kids, six years old and up, how to be safe with guns and shoot guns. So yeah, there's a there's a picture of it. And it has 11 lanes indoors And it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful environment. So yeah, I just... Because- this is what I
1: like um, when I was telling you about that, that firearms range in Maryland yeah. wasn't quite like this, but it was, it was similar. It was a similar mm-hmm. setup. And I always thought about if, if I was going to have an indoor range, I'd almost want like the front part of it to be almost like a clubhouse, right? Yeah. Where yeah. people could relax and talk and, and engage with each other mm-hmm. in, you know, meaningful you know, communications Mm -hmm. and then, you know, Hey, by the way, it's, it's a safe place. We're going to go into the range and have a good Mm -hmm. time and we're going to continue this sport. And Mm -hmm. that's what I like about this.
0: Can I get you to back up a little bit? Um, They're kind of not back up, so to speak those that's a slider. So slide back from where the group is kind of scoop those, those back, the pictures back. I can't reach it, but the picture Okay, right there on the right where the family is. You see that? Um, no. though, yes, that one. Nice. Those it's hard to hold it, I guess, because of the I know it's <laughs> not but me slick. Put it where you can actually see the target. Okay. Now here's what happened. Those people are from England and they had never been able to even fire guns. You know how England is. So yep. they came by, never shot a gun, and this is this is what we do with everybody who comes into the range. We put them through a safety class, but we teach them how to shoot safely because the best way to keep a range safe is to have someone put the bullets where they belong. Right. right. So these people, unlike others, or as like others, excuse me, um, they all put a bullet right in the same place of the of the other person's bullet. So we have people who've never shot before who end up putting multiple bullets in the same hole. Now, why is that important? Safety. So yeah. you don't get on our I don't care if you if you say, you know, I'm a, an instructor. I'm like, I, I I haven't seen you shoot. You know, I don't we, we just we just want people to be safe. So that to me is the most important element. I remember you said that that's what was required when you went to that range. When we were talking earlier, they required you to take a safety class and prove that you could actually fire safely the uh, the guns that you were going to fire. So that's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Because, I mean, if you think about it on an indoor range, Mm -hmm. there are other hazards of shooting in an indoor range. Like when you start shooting the target carrier, number one, it beats the target carrier up. But number two, you're starting to have ricochets. Because the bullet is not passing through that target to the backstop where it's supposed to land. Exactly. So, those are that's important, especially on an indoor range.
0: Well, here's another thing a lot of people don't think of, and that is that on an indoor range, safe is not a down is down. Excuse me, is not a safe direction because it's typically a concrete floor that's like a pinball machine. If something hits it, right. So yep. all in all down range is a safe direction. And that's why on an outdoor range down is fine. So if you're in the yep. habit of just pointing a gun down and not paying attention to your situation, as far as what's safe, that can be a real problem. So I think that's, that's really, really awesome. Actually, that, yeah, that you got to go to a range that actually cared about that. Yeah. Know. Cause
1: I, uh, you know, I remember, uh, when we started shooting competition at that range, um, it got it got a little interesting because you have concrete force. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, it, the first competition I shot there was a bowling pin shoot.
0: Oh, that's um, fun!
1: It, I'm doing the I tennis love... ball
0: thing from now on. I like what you said earlier. A, going going to start throw, that, tennis that, balls. Just, cool. yeah. I mean that's gonna be awesome. You're yeah. gonna get
1: one of those. You're gonna get one of those uh, sticks for the, like throwing the ball for the dogs. You are just gonna have a bucket. You're gonna <laughs> stick it in. Just start winging.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> we <laughs> um, should challenge. That. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs>
1: So I mean, and that's where this range really, because you, know, you know they're like, hey, we want to have fun, we want to have a shoot, mm-hmm. but that's when you're starting to shoot a bowling pin, and the whole idea of the bowling pin is not only to knock it over, but to drive it off the table. Yeah. Um, when when you get the nine millimeter shooters like like I was back then, mm-hmm. uh still am. Well, came back to nine millimeter, but you start getting the nine millimeter shooters in there after the uh, people filled these things full of lead with the 45s. Mm-hmm. Um, the nine millimeters, I mean the bullets they hit it, but the pins don't kind of drive off. So yeah. now we're shooting those bowling pins on the table. Mm-hmm. And these bullets are not making it to the backstops. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we've we actually had uh, I remember one person was shooting, they were shooting a pin. The bullet hit you know it it, it hit the pin. Well it actually missed the pin hit the ground, went up, and all of a sudden glass rained down because it hit the fluorescent
0: light. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, In in an indoor range, you have to think about just as if you physically walked into a pinball machine. You know, it's literally that's what can happen. So, yeah, and you also have to be careful unless your backstop is set up to shoot sideways. You can only shoot straight in. To a, a bullet trap. And a lot of people, they just think they can run across the thing and shoot. I mean, it's just scary. So, yeah, I, I think um, the thing about the range that we did is that I, I really needed a place to put into act where people could come and train all the different elements that I had put together for citizenry. At the same time, the, that range, we still charge $12 all day. You can shoot for $12. All that's, day it includes your am- target and your yeah. eyes and ears. And our safety class is five dollars. And it's you know, it, it it's not a fast safety class. So it's not about the money, it's really about our mission, really. That's what's important. And so yeah. I have people all the time feel- say, Can't we have this in Florida or somewhere else. I'm like, Yeah, go ahead and do it. I'm busy over here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know I know ranges that are over twelve dollars for an hour.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I've seen I've seen them as high as like thirty dollars an hour. for Absolutely.
0: And they will stand there and tell you you're done. And we we just don't do it. We actually have a training membership. And this is something that we've just opened up, by the way, online, Jason. And it's where you can do these classes, but you do a training membership so that it's not just come to the range and shoot. You get to take all of the classes it's $28 a month in person, $18 a month online. And you can take them as, as much as you want. I mean, people can't awesome. afford to do some of the training that's out there and it's because we're not for profit. It's, that's really yeah. what it's for. You know, it's, it's just, you make a donation and pass it forward. So.
1: And that's the thing is, you know, we talk about training. Uh, we talked about training before, uh, mm-hmm. before the thing, and we're going to make sure that we get the links from you at the end of the podcast we can put them down below for people to to do this because you o- we always need to train uh right. it, it's just shooting is a perishable skill mm-hmm. just like our knowledge of shooting is a perishable skill as well you know i, I like i say i I've, I've been shooting for over 40 years mm-hmm. you know when i take out a revolver i don't shoot a revolver that often Mm-hmm. Um, I probably once every five years, I'll take the revolver out to shoot mm-hmm. just because, I mean, this nostalgia, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I still need to, you know, mentally go through a couple of things to shoot that firearm. Mm-hmm. Right. It'll come back to me. But mm-hmm. still, it's not like picking up, you know, uh, I compete with a SIG P320 X5. Mm-hmm. That gun, that's my dry fire gun. That's my competition gun. That's a, that's my like I go to the range and have fun gun. Mm-hmm. I know that gun a lot better. Right. So when you're when you're switching back and forth, you know, learning you're constantly learning about the stuff. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I like about your classes being online because then I can always do a class. I don't have to wait for an instructor to be in Montana, which they don't come here very often.
0: Right. Right. Um, But not only that, you know, our classes are different, different in the fact that you don't just go online watch a video, you go through that class. And at the end, you get to sign up for your time with your own personal master trainer, and you have a, a conference with them and you get your questions answered. You get to, they make sure that you got what it was, was trying to be taught in that course. So it really is awesome. You get your own personal trainer. I mean,
1: See what do you see, want? And that? that's where because I've seen other classes where you can do online, mm-hmm. and then you're at the end. Here's your yeah. certificate. Move yeah. on. That's what I like about that that last bit where you have that conference mm-hmm. of, hey, you know what? I went through this class, but there was just something I it just did not click with me.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you mind explaining this to me? Yeah, and not only that, sometimes you don't know what you missed in the class. Unless yeah. somebody talks to you and verifies that you got the key elements, you know, right. um, we have the we have the class that helps you get custom fit for a gun and gear. And one of the things I try to stress is you and like your wife with her incredible Beretta collection. I just uh, that's like <laughs> awesome. Right. You should put that picture up someday and show people that. Uh, well, maybe we, not, we're but anyway.
1: to put a video on YouTube about that collection just because they oh, wow. they're. they're There are some guns that you just don't see in
0: her collection. That's wonderful. Everybody should check it out because that sounds really exciting. But I just want you to get a feel for where I'm coming from. There is one gun that, a minimum of one gun. You may have a couple different options depending upon what you're wearing and whether or not you can conceal a certain gun versus another. But primarily, when you get into defending yourself, there is one gun that you need to have with the gear that's going to help you in your unique qualities, the way your body works, to be able to increase the odds you're going to prevail, get the gun out, get the gun fired like you need to, make the decisions you need, all of those things. So in these classes, we we make it so that by the time you're through that, literally, you can walk back and pick that gun up. Three years later, if you've never shot it, which is terrible, if you're going to, you should practice. But the point is, and you will be able to hit the target like you used to, because it's what was trained into you with that one gun for self-defense. Because how many of us, you know, we do train up and then you wouldn't believe for me, we do this church security thing. How many people are carrying a gun for church security and some of them haven't shot their gun in years That's scary. Right. So it is it is is possible when you have the right gun for you that you can pick it up and it will work beautifully. That's what we care about.
1: And for me, uh, I have I have a few guns that I rotate through depending on what's going on. It's winter in Montana. I, I miss I miss my large caliber guns. Uh, mm-hmm. They're a little easier to conceal in the wintertime because you, know, you get big jackets and sweatshirts mm-hmm. and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when it comes down to it for uh, everyday carry, there's really only one gun I grab um, because that's the one that I've trained with. That's the one I know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, right now, I'm carrying my Sig Two Twenty. Mm-hmm. Love, absolutely love that gun. Mm-hmm. But when my everyday carry is a sig p365 Mm -hmm. you're going from a striker carry to a single action double action exactly there is you need to be prepared for number one the size difference but number two the trigger difference i mean you know when you
0: um listen listen i i've got to say this i cannot tell you there are certain things when you pick a gun for self-defense you got to get rid of all the things that are going to cause you not to be able to reply with whatever you have to do quickly, efficiently, and effectively. And trigger length is one of them, okay? Yes. Being able to hold on to the gun because of the way it's weighted is another. I mean, I just, it's kills me when somebody goes, I see this gun. I'm a, I want this. Everybody's buying this. This is my gun. It's the new gun or something. Not that you're doing that. But anyway. No, yeah. in, this in is the, the air new air,
1: hotness. Air, I need to have it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and so they're carrying this gun around because it's the gun self-defense when it may not be what you need. And it yeah. just, and the, that longer trigger pull, you're right. I mean, you yeah. just said it. My striker fired is, is much easier than my long trigger pull. It's yeah. like what you my have to long, do to my long
1: 12 pound trigger pull.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, exactly. So So you've got to make your mind up that you're going to learn how to be safe with that gun and it's going to be the fastest you can. When I put two guns beside each other, this one has a eighth of an inch trigger pull on a 1911 style gun and this one has the Glock, you know, let's move a full yep. inch or whatever. Well, three quarters maybe, right? So, oh, but, by the way, I have a reset. Well, who cares? What I care yes. about is for that Glock shot, I three shots on my 1911 do your one and a half on a Glock if I can pull the trigger the same way. So when my life depends on it, what am I going to lean on? Something that makes me quicker. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. I just,
0: Um, I'm sorry. I, it's just so, it's a mission
1: for me. It's so, I love, I love that because for me, like for me, when I switch out my carry, you know, my carry gun, Mm -hmm. I there's a whole procedure for me to gear up to carry the next gun. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of dry fire practice, mm-hmm. um, and then it's it's actually switching out a gun. Going okay, now I need to get I got I need to get used to my 12 pound trigger pull. Mm-hmm. You know when I used to compete with Glocks, um, mm-hmm. I, I stopped competing with them because I've been banging away on keyboards for a long time, and carpal tunnel is kind of a thing in my industry. I love Glocks. I can run a Glock really well just because I competed with them. And I only want to think how many hundreds of thousands of rounds I literally put through those guns. Mm -hmm. But when I get down to it, 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 the ergonomics didn't work for me. That's why I went to SIG. Mm -hmm. SIG didn't have a striker fired out at that time. Mm
0: -hmm. I went
1: from a Glock to a SIG 229. Mm -hmm. 229 felt great in my hands. Now I'm sitting there going, I haven't fired double action, single action since before I was 21. Cause at 21, I'd say literally what I did is I went out and bought that
0: clock. Well, that um, was five years ago, Jason. Come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah five <laughs> years by a couple of factors. <laughs> five to the to the <laughs> nth squared or yeah. something.
1: I don't know. I so know. Um, I mean, and you know, and I had to now train for that SIG. Mm-hmm. people don't realize that you really do need to, to work with that firearm to become competent with it. Yeah. Um, even if you get your token two boxes
0: of ammo and you fired one of it, it's still not enough. You need no, it to work not. with that firearm. It is not. So, so um, we talked earlier about how I had to go to charm school instead of the Phillies game when I was yes. younger because you know, yes. of that, right? Well, I learned how to walk with a book on my head. And one of the things that without the book falling off is the idea. So we just did a segment because with our training, you get these 30 minute sessions that are live, right? So we did this segment just yesterday and I was explaining, how do you, when you shoot on the move, separate your tank turret up here from this moving stuff on the bottom without losing or moving that gun around and not losing what you need. So one of the things that I have practiced, and it's been very, as uh, efficient and effective in helping people to separate was to walk with a book on their head and dry fire with and be able to walk, just walk, not fast, just walk without losing the book, which keeps your chin up and your rear sight, you know, up to the bridge of your nose and pull and then stick a penny on the end of it. So if yeah. you can put a there's your challenge. Can you walk with a book on your head with a penny on the end of the muzzle of your gun and fire that gun without the penny going off? So that's uh, it's a very effective way to learn how to shoot on the move for something. It's
1: because we learned we learned the penny. We actually learned quarters because um, quarters are bigger and lo- they, they wobble a little more. Um, and uh, we learned with quarters on our front sights. We didn't learn with the book. We learned with the quarters. And it's funny because I remember. Um, I did a video I called it what I, call, I called it the the coronavirus quarter challenge oh, I, wow. I was stuck inside right and I and I showed That's awesome. I showed the you know the quarter right and then I remember going on to Instagram and I showed uh, I had that on Instagram and I tagged uh, Hannah billado from six hour mm-hmm. on that mm-hmm. and she she accepted the challenge and and then she went up me and said, "Okay, now do it with two quarters." I still oh, can't wow. do it with two quarters.
0: Oh, that's and awesome. she did it
1: with two quarters, and I'm like, "That's awesome!" Wow. Um, but yeah, it, it's amazing these little things you do because you need to start. We were actually talking about this on on the last podcast. Um, mm-hmm. It was with Cool Fire. I had Cool Fire Trainer on. Yeah, um, yeah. So we were talking about this about you know the one of the one of the things we have is. We teach people, uh, you know, okay, shoot, now shoot. In a defensive training, you don't want to just you. Know, you want to be able to move around. Absolutely. How do you integrate the movements in? Right. And there are some ranges that you you just can't do that with, right? Exactly. So that's that's what was great about uh, dry fire training. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have targets here. I have physical therapy I do every day for my knees. And part of it is I have to do these movements and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, this is boring. I'm going to get my dry fire training in because now I'm yeah. moving And Yeah. Um, it You start getting those movements down and.
0: Mm-hmm. And what, these what are the is the things. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now what I was going to say was, and what one of the hardest things to understand when you shoot on the move is that once you get locked in up top, you got to keep that. You can't be moving yeah. your head around and moving the gun. So, so how do you separate Above your waist, from your waist and your bottom moving. How do you separate that? And that book on the head doing that. I'm telling you, helps we'll show you it. figure out how you have to separate that. It's it's just kind of a fun thing. So I want a
1: video. Funny. I can, it. It's funny. I'm just sitting there thinking and going, I can. Uh, my wife, if she ever comes down there after after today, well, tomorrow I'm actually in physical therapy, but. Uh my next home program will be Friday. If my wife ever comes down Friday and I'm doing my 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 and there's a book on my head, she's gonna be like, What are you doing?
0: (laughs) You can see me doing that now. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's it's amazing. It does work. At least to get the object is to understand the dynamics of what you're trying to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Well, and that's the thing, is you have so many things that your body is doing shooting a gun i mean everybody thinks all it's all here No, yep. it it is it's there mm-hmm. but it's up here it's there it's it's in your core it's in your you know your stance yeah um
0: there's so well, many uh, the rest of your body goes into that shot it does and there's there's also a lot of things that are being taught that have been taught for years right that statistics have sort of kind of made them misnomers. For instance, a lot of people teach, you know, keep the gun close to you, you're going to crotch down, You're all these things you're going to do the way you're going to move, you're going to do blade, it, whatever. And yet, I just recently learned uh, in the past like eight months that the FBI's statistics on officer shootings is that an officer, when he shoots, all that goes out the wind and they shoot in a, in a serious situation where their adrenaline's up. In an isosceles stance, which I call a human tripod stance, you know, but that's just your natural reaction. You put your arms out, you hold the gun, none of this bending and pushing and shoving and whatever. That's what you do naturally. So I'm going to tell you that I think having gone through what I've gone through has made me think about those things to think in what I've experienced, I know I would never, I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that, you know?
1: See, thanks for having me on.
0: I'd just like to mention.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, you know, I one of the quotes I heard, um, and this was, gosh, years ago, was, in stress,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we result or, or result, <laughs> we resort mm-hmm. to our lowest understanding of a concept, not our highest mastery of a concept. Yes, absolutely. That alone, what you just said, proves that point. Mm-hmm. How many times are we shooting one foot in front of the other? You know, we're getting this mm-hmm. thing, and then all of a sudden, you add stress in there. It's I, I got to deal with what's right yes. there.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and interestingly enough, most of the officers had never been trained, by the way, to shoot that way, and it was a natural. They had never even done it, and that was naturally what happened. So yeah,
1: it's just because it, if you think about if you stand,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean that's. That's just natural
0: mechanics of a body. That's it. That's it. And that's not discounting anything that, you know, any of the reasons why people might decide to do the old, be a smaller target, tuck down, bring your hands up, whatever. You know, there's, it's just a matter of what are you going to do instinctively and you have no choice. Just like when we talk about if you're going to focus on your front sight, focus on the front sight. Well, when you're in fear for your life, we look at whatever's trying to hurt us. So the focus on the front sight has to be a part of it that's then just a natural flash sight picture and you're focused on what's trying to kill you. So you got to be able to graduate,
1: so to speak. That's just, yeah, because that is, that's natural animalistic behavior. That's
0: That's exactly
1: it. That's, that's my problem. That's Mm -hmm. what we're focusing on. Uh, Mm You know, when I I was telling you about going through that, my first class, it was with a, it was with a, you know, with Randy, the, the, um, the Highway patrol officer. Mm-hmm. What's so funny? He's, he's this very nice guy, meek. And I'm like, I don't get cop out of him. And then he was he, he was talking about why do officers yell? And I'm like, uh authority. He goes, No, we're trying to we're trying to snap you out of something.
0: Absolutely. Like
1: yelling the command out of you to get yes. you to stop doing what you're doing. Yes. And because and he he goes. What's going to happen when you're shooting your focus right there? Well, mm-hmm. an officer trying to get you to stop. Mm-hmm. He's yelling at you to snap you out of a mindset that mm-hmm. he opened his mouth. I'm like, Oh, that's the cop. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> there, yep. There's the cop in them. Exactly. Um, but if he talks about that, you know, because he, he's talking about when he was going through this whole thing, talking about the difference between predators and prey in the animal Prey have eyes kind of on the side where predators have them in the front. We're focusing mm-hmm.
0: forward. Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas you know, prey is looking all around.
0: Absolutely. And Absolutely. trying to
1: evade. So so that makes perfect sense. We're gonna be focusing if if someone's pointing a gun at me. Yep. I'm focusing on that person point, I'm not looking at my
0: front sight. Absolutely. And then you have this problem of, you know, we, they talk about the freeze and how do you get out of it so that you can actually act. Or, and, and my whole thing is you've got to be trained enough to take an action that is sufficient enough that you're familiar with. Right. And you got to be, how fast do you get from, Oh crap, this is happening to, is it, I'm surely not to, Oh my goodness. You know, now I'm in trouble to, Oh gosh, what am I going to do about it? Right. So yeah. all of that happens. On top of that, so when I was in this, people ask me a lot of times two questions. One of those questions is, would you have shot him if you had a gun when he was in your house? Would you have shot him? And the honest answer is, I don't know, because I am not in fear for my life right now. Even having a gun, you don't know if you're ever able to actually use it or not until that moment comes. I don't care who you are. You don't know, right? But the other thing is, what did I do? People say, what did you do to stay alive for five and a half hours at knife point? How did you deal with that? Well, guess what? I didn't do what it was he wanted me to do because he had a plan and I interrupted that plan as much as I could. And it caused me to survive in the end. Right. So
1: yeah, it's, you interrupt, you interrupted everything. You what, uh, what they say that. To- i heard from the doctors uh about doctors the patients that have terminal you know, that have a diagnosis of a possible terminal illness mm-hmm. the ones that are pardon my english a pain in the ass are the ones that survive absolutely because you know we're going to do this why right so if someone comes to you with a plan you want to interrupt that plan mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you did
0: that's what i did and it was it was i had no choice My thing was, I always thought I was a good, um, you know, like, I don't know, communicator, like try to make things work out for people, that kind of a thing. And yet in that particular moment, it was my most important moment of my life. I had to negotiate in a way that didn't cause elevation of the aggravation that was coming at me while still being able to maintain my own self. Do you know, Jason, in that... In that situation, he took a watch off his hand that looked like a Rolex watch. Believe me, it was probably not anything yeah. expensive, we know for a fact. But anyway, just it. Yeah. It, it looked like that. He took that off of his wrist, squeezed it in front of me, and dropped the pieces on the floor. After this was all over with, okay, I go back to my house, and I am picking up pieces of that watch literally pieces. And I'm thinking to myself, what if I had to clean up blood? Yeah. What if I had to clean up body parts? What if, you, as I'm picking those pieces up, I turned it into a children's sermon, not about how you stay alive, but mostly about yeah. the fact that the watch was tore up and what to do with it. But that was profound to me to go back in my house and have to live in that environment.
1: Well, you know? yeah, because I mean, you think about it. um, If if you had to defend your life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Even if even if you shot him and lived, there's still blood and mm-hmm. chunks of body parts and you know what everything that was left. You know, we'll just say there's pieces of DNA laying around. Yes, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably one thing that people don't think about is okay. I'm going to defend myself. You're gonna you're gonna have to deal with the police, right? right. You're gonna have to go through all of that problem. Right, when you think you're done, you're not.
0: No, it's still it's there. Just the you're beginning,
1: still, Jason. Yeah, you have to. You, know, you have to clean your house. You have to deal with everything.
0: And it's you feel. You know, if you've ever been broken into, you know, and you're not even home, you feel totally violated. But imagine if something even more catastrophic had happened. Right. right? Another thing too is not just living with that, but you have to be able to defend your actions, and. Some of the things that people teach are things that can set you up as a civilian to fail in a defensive situation when you're when you have to defend yourself. I'm just saying you will you will. And I say defensive in court. You can fail. And I'm we don't have to go into it right now, but there are things that people teach. And and the thing of it is you were taught by law enforcement. And I've heard you say so many times he didn't seem like law enforcement until I heard his voice yell or something. Right. Yeah. Who is it that typically knows about guns? We're talking about military and law enforcement people. But I want you to think about something. We are not military or law enforcement as a civilian when it comes to what we have to do to protect ourselves. It's not the same. So using tactics that military and law enforcement use, right, are not necessarily the best thing for us as a civilian. And I know I went through the process.
1: So, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> you're absolutely right. We, we don't, we're not trained like that. We don't think that way. We we're not geared that way or else we, mm-hmm. that would be our profession. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. need to be prepared to do what we, what we're, you know, what we need to do mm-hmm. to deal with this. Yes. Um, I mean, if you think about it, rules of engagement on, you know, civilian on civilian are different than law enforcement on civilian or military on civilian.
0: Exactly. And what a lot of there people, are different of engagement. right. And a lot of people don't even realize that as, as a civilian, you know, you think of civilian and civilian, whatever I'm supposed to do or not supposed to do, but most of us are law abiding people yeah. who do things fairly. And when it's a fight for your life, there's no fairness there. I fair. mean, fairness goes to the wind. Right. So the old I mean, dirty, they're going to hurt you and you have to be ready for that. We don't go through no. boot camp when we decide no. to get a gun. We don't go through boot camp. You know, no. Um, no, one I mean, you things, think about. Yeah.
1: Really. You know, w- when you go through a self-defense class like, um, you know, when I went through that first one, mm-hmm. shoot until the threat stops.
0: Right. 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 You're not shooting them in the leg. You're going right center, man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you bring up something to me that that is near and dear to my heart, okay? Um, if you shoot two shots all the time, bam, bam, when you fire a gun, and a lot of people teach you that, what is that for? That's to break body armor. That's why law enforcement are taught to shoot two rounds, right? Break body armor. armor. Okay, we're not typically shooting people with body armor, but more importantly, how long does it take for somebody, we all know this, I'm guessing, to get from 21 feet away from you to get to you with a knife and stab you, right? Second. Two seconds, max, yeah. okay? What happens if you have two people, all things equal? I mean, you may shoot the guy with the knife before you shoot the gun. If the guy's still got the gun in his pocket, there's all kinds of things that you think about. But two guys going to come at you, one has a gun, one has a knife if i i will get my gun out and get my round off on the guy with the gun but if i double shoot him that gives that extra time for that for person to yeah. to, now you're knife to death so yeah. i always say practice shooting at one round one round one round not fast but precisely and then when the time comes you already know how to walk we don't have to teach people how to run yeah once you know how to walk you just run And it will happen naturally, but if you if you train yourself to those things, it's going to cause you to decrease the odds you're going to prevail, and nobody even thinks about why. Just no. Well,
1: well, you know, now that I think about now, you bring that up. Mm -hmm. Every class that I've been through, the situation is always one attacker.
0: Yep. That isn't Um, what happens.
1: (laughs) That's not what happens. I mean, it, it, it might be. But what happens, you know, going back to the whole thing of, you know, we, we, we resort in stress, we resort to our lowest understanding of a concept. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're throwing a second attacker at me. I have zero training in that
0: situation. Exactly. And what's sad is if you prepare just for that one, you've got other issues. So I'm, I mean, Maybe it's because I was in uh, South Chicago stupidly thinking I was strong enough to walk down the street. Hello. And I walk around the corner and there's gang members that come out at me. Okay, I had already been in fear for my life some few years before that. Now I'm thinking I'm fine. Right. And now these gang members walk out of the woodwork. I realize I have more than one person to deal with. I've changed every bit of my thought on training. And how yeah, I would thanks. be able to got, I
1: got more targets hanging here from my for dry fire practice now now <laughs> you've brought this up you have totally screwed up my whole dry fire practice I'm sorry that <laughs> I'm, I'm rethinking it as you're talking
0: that's awesome it's very true yeah it is but it just, I mean it, just, you
1: know, it, it those are things that we just don't think of. this is this goes back to understanding who you're taking a class with yeah you know mm-hmm. uh, you need to do your research on the instructor on the curriculum that they're teaching and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've ta- I told you I've taken good I've taken good instruction and bad instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm sitting there thinking, just talking to you, I'm like it was all bad because it did not train me for I'm a simplistic. realistic
0: situation. Yes, exactly, especially for a civilian. You know, we have instructors in all parts of the country. You don't we don't talk about it much. You know, it's not about it again. If you know me, you know what I do is not about me right? It just isn't. So you don't hear a lot about that. But those instructors are by invitation only because it isn't about how many credentials you have. It's about, do you understand as a civilian, what's going to increase the odds you're going to prevail? And are you willing to help a person get there? See? Yeah. So I've, I really, yeah, we're, it's just, yeah. We're, we we actually have a program to take people who have other instructor credentials to be able to come into our program, and they can reach out to us if they want to do that. We do an interview with them, but then we don't make them start over with us. We we just start where they are and, and get them to where we need them to be. So it's a very reasonable way for people to offer civilians what they need, Jason, and it's not what we've typically taking, been taught.
1: You're taking people with other degrees or with other Certifications, mm-hmm. that's their associate's degree. Yeah, you're getting through their bachelor's and master's next.
0: There you go. Absolutely. Because you know what? Ironically enough, we call it an SFWA master's certification. So there, there you, you go. go. You just,
1: you're, getting, you're going after is, your master's degree and self three defense. Three things at
0: once. That's awesome. Three things at <laughs> once. You know, yeah, I just, um, I, I think that it's so important. Life, let's look at it this way. We're all given one chance at life, right? Some of us are like cats. We tend to miss a few things and, and we keep going. But the truth is, God gives us one life. God wants you to do everything you can with your life. And I always tell people it's one of the things that we can say God loves you. He gave you this life. Your life is worth defending. Not only yes. that, your life is worth protecting. So like Sarah and the Hold My Hold My Guns program, you know, that it's worth it to get your guns away from you if you have problems. Yes, the thing absolutely. that we most have trouble with, though, I believe, is that we forget that God also loves the bad guy. Think about it. You know, and that's a hard thing to think about, right? Because we're all it about is. me. But the fact is, you're not gonna have backup. You're not it's going to be you. And you better have the right tool that somebody can't take away from you in a fight because it will be a fight for your life. It will be. And I just always tell everybody they're my new best friends. So you call me anytime you want to. And I'm going to tell you not only is your life worth saving, right? But please, please, please do what it takes to increase the odds. You're going to prevail. It's important.
1: You know, on that, we've been going about an hour and 20 minutes.
0: Oh, wow. I can't
1: think of a better way to transition into how can people
0: reach you? Oh, just mysfwa.com. Uh, it's short for myshootingforwomenalliance.com. Uh, Susan at mysfwa.com is fine. And uh, just uh, click go onto Facebook and click women of a different caliber. There's a really good group there that you can join as well. So that's how they would find me.
1: And everybody that's either watching, listening one more time, I'll have the links down below. So if you're driving, don't try to write this down on a piece of paper or a napkin or the back of your hand. Just uh, just when you get home, go back into the podcast, click the link, and you'll go right there. And Susan, just to wrap up, I want to I wanna s- just go through a quick speed round with you. Okay. Real simple. It's okay. going to be four this or that questions and then one thinking question. All right. And for Let the first question shoot. is shoot, <laughs> shoot, yeah, shoot. <laughs> Let me have it. First question, first question, pistol or rifle? A uh, pistol. Nine millimeter or forty-five? Forty-five. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Well, now that you brought that up. Well, mm-hmm. uh, no, I already know the answer because you kind of led that one. You let you, you kind of led on, on about a 1911, so I won't ask you a 1911 question.
0: Well, that would be my <laughs> that would be my answer. We actually so have be your I, answer. No kidding, it would be my answer. We have ladies who shoot 22s all the way up to 45s, and by the time they never think they'll even shoot anything past a 22. Sometimes, but we haven't put bullets in the same hole with a 45, one after That's the awesome. other. The woman from the previous woman. 1911, 45s, I'm telling
1: you, they are nice. I know. I, I, you know, I was late to the 1911 game. Um, mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't see the, I didn't I didn't understand the 1911. I was like, I, I understood it. You know, it's been around. It's a classic gun. But, mm-hmm. you know, I want the, the new sexy polymer, blah, 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 blah. And then I get older. And I'm like, you shoot a 1911 and you just, there's just
0: something magical yep. about them. And there's so many aftermarket things that you can make that gun look sexy if you want to. I'm just going to mention, but seriously, there's something, there's just something about a 1911. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. So for hearing
1: protection, Mm -hmm. earmuffs or plugs?
0: Uh, Screw in plugs, I call them. (laughs) It's I prefer good. the kind that are molded to your ears molded to your ears yeah if you can't afford the ones that have the electronics in them there are people if even if you ask your eye doctor or eye doctor for your ear excuse me your ear doctor <laughs> they very often have that ability so yeah those are awesome i I just
1: I just sent off molds uh, of my ears on Monday for really? a set of electronic uh, molded plugs that are gonna they're awesome. In.
0: If you can ever get them, they're absolutely awesome. I was amazed to figure out um in seeing people with their different earplugs how different our ears are. Some people's ears are larger, some are smaller. And and what ends up happening is some people have nothing between their ears, so that's really long. That would be <laughs> it's
1: just it's just it's just a tube that goes It's a through. tube.
0: You just slide it
1: <laughs> through. No it's a pipe. Just put a pipe cleaner in. And I won't
0: could. go there on certain instructors. Maybe we can see how many of them have their... Check your earplugs on your instructor to see whether or not they're worth listening to. That's terrible. Susan, oh my gosh, stop it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Pause... No. <laughs> then, you see, that's what's great about wrapping up with the speed
1: round because it's just—it's just a lot of fun. And yeah, it it, is. it's, it's so—it was so much fun coming up with 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 conversations that happen. I've I've had speed rounds there, you know. There's supposed to be four questions and all this, and we were going a half hour later. It's like, <laughs> okay, it's starting to get late, guys. It's time to like start making dinner. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Now you're
0: making me hungry. So,
1: so now. All right, so I'm going to throw a 1911 question at you now. Okay. 1911 or 2011?
0: 1911.
1: Okay. Sorry. Go back to the the good old classics. I can't
0: help it. I just can't help it.
1: There is nothing
0: wrong. Change doesn't make for better. It just
1: doesn't. Change is important. It's all the same it's all the same internals. It's just completely yeah.
0: different otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm just an old, you know, typical well, kind of classic you. girl. There's a, here's a
1: 1911 that I've been building for a while. Nice. Yeah, the old classic 1911.
0: Look at that.
1: So, that is beautiful. Uh, everybody on the channel has been knowing about me. I, I actually got hit with a question going, you've been building that gun for four years now. Are you going to finish it? Yes. <laughs> no, it's Eventually. more fun
0: to show. Okay, so I have a question for you on a 1911. Absolutely. um sure. Here's my question: 1911. What co- what condition do you carry it in? Cocked and locked, fully in the chamber. Not as, what, what? What do you do? Cocked and locked. Round in the chamber. Yep. Good. um I always tell people the gun's made to be safe. If you're safe. It's very important, but I would never carry a gun that I felt like I didn't have the wherewithal to have around in the chamber. My goodness gracious. Is, Why put a seatbelt on in an accident, you know, when it's happening? Yeah, just saying.
1: You know, it, it was, it, you know, originally it was kind of weird for me. You know, it, it, when you go from not carrying to carrying, it's it's weird, right? It it's, it's, it's not normal at first. It becomes the That's new normal. Right. Um, and then for me with being you know, a gun dealer and, and doing gunsmithing and stuff like that. Once I started taking firearms apart and understanding how they work, it, it became very uh, clear to me about the safeties that are in a firearm. Yes. Um, now I like SIGS. Uh, my wife actually asked me over the weekend because there's now yet another lawsuit over the P320. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and she's like, do you still do you still feel safe for your P320s? And uh, I'll admit, I've got six of them.
0: Um, and, I mean, my six pack of 320s?
1: i I got six of them. Hey, come um, on,
0: show us your six pack. You know, most people have a different uh, idea, right? Where's your six? pack
1: they're, they're all in the safe. Um, well, they're in different. Place, they're so actually in different safes. Um, but that's the thing is, and and I was thinking about going into a competition. She goes. Well, would you be safe going into your competition? I'm like, you know, I know my six. I, I, I know my P320s. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of them I
0: built. Oh, wow.
1: Three Three of them I built. Mm-hmm. I'm very confident in that firearm. And I think what's going on with some of these things is bad fitting holsters. Or, uh-huh. or, and That's where yes. I think some of the stuff is going on. But again, I wasn't there when it happened. So I right. don't know.
0: Exactly, um,
1: but I have biggest, confidence in them.
0: One of the biggest problems, if you carry uh, any semi-automatic, when you put it into a holster, people don't realize if you don't holster it correctly, that can slip that shy, slide out of battery just a little bit. That yeah. is extremely dangerous. Actually, yeah. it really is. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Um, that's why. That's why you need to 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 make sure you choose a good quality holster. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I, I like leather holsters. I really mm-hmm. do like leather holsters. And then I, I season my holsters. Well, I call them seasoning. It's, you know, uh, fitting the holsters. Mm-hmm. Um, I work, I work with those holsters and those holsters do not carry my firearm until I'm confident that everything is good. The draw is good. I've mm-hmm. got that thing set just right. Mm-hmm. And that I know that, that that, holster is safe.
0: Well, the one thing about Falco, holsters, if I could just bring that up again, and they're leather Absolutely. products. Um, they also have a Kydex holster that I that I noticed uh, at SHOT that was extremely low profile, very well thought out, whatever. Yep. But those, they take a lot of pain because I guess the custom side of what they do to make sure that those holsters are better fitting out of the box, so to speak. You know, if you start yeah. with something, to, it's much better than just getting uh uh, a cheaper brand holster, and Falco's not that expensive. I was amazed. I thought they'd no, be extremely they're expensive. Not. They're not any ex- more expensive than a Kydex holster with a couple of, you know, dually witches on it or
1: whatever. The only the only thing that I uh, and the only thing that I think is going to hold Falco back on their on their Kydex holsters, um, and this is not a bad thing, because their holsters are handmade, right? Whereas When you get into some of these Kydex holsters, everybody's like, "But look at the definition in this stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, you're talking about a a machine-made holster. Mm -hmm. Um, You know that they're using you know vacuum seals and all kinds of stuff to get that high definition." Um, Whereas with the Falco holsters, they're handmade.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: A human made. I've had Kydex holsters that. Um, it, was a, it was a holster company that, it, that um, I, I used to be a dealer for them. I actually, mm-hmm. I, I, even though I don't have my, my license anymore, I still am somewhat of a dealer for them. Um, not that I bought their holsters in a few years. That um, Their holster did not fit my Sig P220. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of fought me on this thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They, they fought me like... It's the right dimensions. That they're swearing. I'm like, I'll tell you what, I'll show you a video of what's happening with this holster, and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. no, no, no. And then I think they hit my signature line in my email and realized I'm a content creator. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, this could, this, this might not end well for us. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so suddenly they were interested in what was wrong with this holster, and then they're like, that's when they found out that, um, that you know, the 220 because mine's a full size. All they did is they took the compact and made it full size and there you go and actually fit the gun to it.
0: That's right where I I
1: and so many yeah. Mm.
0: That's Mm
1: -hmm. why I like the Falco because they're they're grabbing it and it's being made right there.
0: Yes. And not only that, there are so many of your kydex holsters that they say will work with this model and this model and this thing and that thing. And Falco is much much uh, less across the board like that because one size doesn't fit all at all. No. I mean, that's, well, really and impressive.
1: that's the thing. That's the thing is, um, you know, the other thing with it is they're a handmade holster Yeah, and you get them in about 10 days.
0: Oh, I know. I know. I mean, that's and when, when the, another thing too, that I've learned, and this is something that you really, until you really start critically thinking about it, right? Not all Kydex holsters are even made the same vacuumed or heated or whatever they do the fact is some of them use a thicker kydex plastic so to speak and some are thinner but it also depends on the density of that and the actual construction of the material and people cut corners all the time falcos i looked at the thickness and and the actual make of the way they actually put together that that holster and then on top of that the what I'd call the the thinness, the low profile of it. And as strong as it was, that's what really impressed me with that. I mean, I was like zeroed in. How many holsters, Kydeck holsters do you see at shot? Right.
1: Well, well here's the <laughs> funny thing. Here's my tub of holsters. There you go. There right? you go. <laughs> um, and that's How many of them are good? I, uh, actually, I would say none of them after I, uh, over the past year so you know uh, what a,
0: a fun a fun thing to do and i thought about it the other day you bring that particular bucket out we all have a bucket of stuff that doesn't work for us and i just want to yeah. do a whole thing on bring your bucket and let's just talk about whatever you pull out yeah. because I mean, man oh man there's so much it was
1: you there. know it, it yeah, there are holsters in there that it's just like yeah i i i okay it's a holster um mm-hmm. It's, it, it does, it, you know, either it works or it doesn't. And then you start understanding fitment of the holster and the gun and, and stuff like that. Things, yeah. things change when you start, you know, people are like, I'm going to buy this holster. I'm going to buy it. You know, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you tried a different company holster? Yeah, exactly. So have you thought And, and you where thought did you get it? your info? Yeah. Um, <laughs> where did I you mean, get that info? In? Yeah. And that is the thing is I mean you walk around shot. How many how many holster manufacturers are shot? I mean they're I know I, I, I you you'd have to have a good arm, but you could you getting through shot and throwing a rock, you could just mm-hmm. about hit a holster company. Oh yeah. No um,
0: question.
1: and it's it's Perfect. so funny. Um, you know, it, it's funny because so I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story about how I got um how I got connected with Falco. Okay. So it was, not this shot, but last shot, uh-huh. I was literally walking around and I'm sitting there going, oh, another holster company, right? I'm just kind of walking along. Right. I'm like, all right. And I'm looking to go, okay, leather holsters, leather holsters. Mm-hmm. I like leather holsters. I'm making a mental note going, I'll stop by again. Mm-hmm. Right. And then right when I'm getting ready to, you know, pass their booth, I look forward to continue. And Martin. So, uh, the guy that's in the booth there, Martin, Mm-hmm. Standing right in front of me in the aisle, right. I just about run the guy over. No getting right? away from
0: him.
1: He was not letting somebody walk past his booth. Well, you know, I had another person walk past his booth, and um, so I got talking with Martin, and and um, I, I got you know, it, it, it was a great conversation. And he's telling me about them being handmade, and like, oh, well, okay, that that changed my opinion instantly, right? Yep. Yeah and we get talking about how the holsters are made and uh, you're made and stuff like that and then um you know a couple months after shot I got talking with Martin again and got a, a holster. and this is like this is my this is my company yeah right oh yeah just the way they're made the way that they treat their customers
0: um and their everything price point, about it their price point is ridiculous it's, amazing. it's, yeah. it's just very, very fair and very, very worth yeah. it. I mean, it's really... So, and You know what's hard, really? Think about it, Jason. How do you know which which gear to, to buy? I mean, you know, there's so many things that go into it. That's why we have that get custom fit thing, not just for the gum, but for the gear. Your yeah. body, your body itself dictates certain things you can and can't exactly. do, you know? And, exactly. Yeah, I'm, It can be expensive. It can my be exp- body...
1: My body is not one that is, that is suitable for in the waistband holsters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I I know. It. That, I, that's just me. I like outside the waistband holsters, but. Um,
0: I love when he goes off to the side to see what he's yeah, getting. He goes
1: off to the side. There's a Falco holster. It's inside the oh, waistband yeah. holster for my P365.
0: Yep. This thing fits perfect. In that sense? <laughs> this thing fits my body. Yeah. And hold it up. Let me tell you why it does, even though it's inside the waistband. It's because those wings are a little longer and they'll turn and curve around your body. They're not just real stuck. You know and, they,
1: and they let air flow through.
0: Air flows through. Yes, absolutely. There's,
1: there's holes in them.
0: Yep, exactly. So I can see it. And that
1: that this holster alone changed my thought process of inside the waistband. I mean, now I held this one up earlier. This is... Um, the AX-11. This is the special oh, edition yeah. one. This is inside yeah. the book band. This one fit. Me.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm like, That's what I'm saying. They have decision. figured out low profile. They have yeah. figured it out. You don't have to go one size up in your clothes. Yeah.
1: that That's exactly <laughs> what happened.
0: Well, we girls don't um, like that. You know, we don't like one yeah. size
1: up in our clothes. <laughs> so well, anyways, for let's, Let's go back to our, our speed round because we have one question left. Okay. It's gonna be it's gonna be your thinking question. Last shot. I'm gonna take you into the world's largest warehouse. And inside this warehouse is literally one of every gun that has ever existed, whether it was production or even prototype. And you get to walk out with one gun. With you pick
0: oh wow told you wow. this is
1: your thinking question
0: yeah I know and, and it's because you know what there are so many guns that I wish I really had I'm just gonna revert to the to the if I only had one gun period and that was the okay. one gun I had to walk out with it would be my Springfield EMP9 1911 yeah it's it's a uh, yeah I it, it would be I mean literally. That gun is uh performs very, very well. I can hold on to it in a fight and it's beautiful, very well made. I'm sorry, that's just me.
1: Oh, it's it's, it's your choice of what gun you want. I didn't want. know, Out I didn't know. All
0: the guns. In 19 of course, I've shot a 454 Casul before and actually hit the crosshairs and stuff like that. But um, I really think it one gun that would be the gun in all of it that I wouldn't want to let go of. That's why I would there pick you go. That's the awesome. gun I wouldn't want to let go of.
1: Well, Susan, it is great that you took out this much time. We've been going about an hour and 40 minutes now. And that doesn't include the 40 minutes we talked beforehand. Well, um, thank, thank
0: you so heard, much for taking time out of your day. Yeah, my, my husband was right. You have the right attitude and you've got the right sort of uh, understanding of what's important for people, uh, especially women, I think, uh, to be able to to walk into a place that might make them nervous to start with and come out on the other end, more empowered and educated. So Jason, you're like a, a lovely, um, I don't know, a rose in the middle of a field of weeds. Sometimes <laughs> you're just, <laughs> thank you. I, I feel blessed to know you honest to goodness. And I hope we get you to know, hang out some more.
1: I'm sure we will, especially after we talked beforehand. And I'm sure the audience has not heard the end of Susan on this podcast. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Susan, anytime you want to come on, you let me know and we'll, we'll get you on and we'll just, we're just going to have, we're going to have fun just like today.
0: We will. We will. You're such, you're just wonderful. And I know this isn't your day job. You know what I mean? So people should take, they should take into consideration, look at what you're doing. It's a passion for you. It's a mission for you as well. And it's so important that that's what you spend your time doing when you're not earning a living and, and being with your wife. So I'm, yes. Awesome. Kudos to you. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye now. What a powerful story.
1: What's even more powerful of the story is what she did afterwards. She's not a victim. She took power back. And she's helping other people take their power back before they lose it. Now, I met Susan and her husband, Vladimir, in the Falco booth. What's great is, you know, at SHOT Show, you meet a lot of people. But a lot of times, you're meeting them in their booth. Susan and Vladimir were not in a booth. They were attendees. And I just happened to cross paths at them at the right time, right? Susan was talking to the people at Falco, and her husband was there, and I just started up a conversation with with Vladimir. Um, really super nice guy too. Just like Susan. Talk about a match made in heaven. The two of them are just awesome. And I was talking to Vladimir and, you know, understanding who they are and what they do and then um, you know talking to him and I was like, hey, you know, I have a podcast I'd like to have Susan on. And it's kind of funny because He's a really good firewall for Susan. He goes, you know, that's great, but you know, we have really a certain type of people that we want to be around. They they know the people that they want to be around. They know the people they don't want to be around, or at least the type of people. And I got talking about my philosophies of the firearm industry, uh, things I like, things I don't like, and we struck up a great conversation. Um, he introduced me to Susan when she was done talking to the Falco people and uh, the rest is history. And I talked to Susan for like 40 minutes before we actually started recording. And then, gosh, I, I think we talked for almost an hour afterwards. And, um, afterwards it's funny cause Vladimir came in, um, he was trying to get her to go to dinner cause it was, you know, start getting late and, um, it, they're just, great people. Definitely go check out the links below because this is really important stuff. We really need to make sure people are prepared. They make sure that they're prepared correctly. And I think these people have it figured out. Now for the product of the podcast, it is the Wheeler Digital Fat Wrench. Now I have a fat wrench. Now I have a digital fat wrench and I really, really like this thing because one thing you wonder about is what happens if you don't have specs for a screw? You can set this thing to max and what it does is that when you're twisting, it'll tell you the max torque that you're putting on. So what happens if you have, I don't know, some really weird scope ring that there's no specs for? Take a screw off, with a digital fat wrench and it'll tell you the torque that, that screw was on. Amazing, right? And then you can set this thing and then as you're twisting and when you get to that torque, it starts beeping at you. So you know that you're at that point. Go check out the Wheeler digital fat wrench. I have a link down below. Now for the video of the podcast, it is the top five DIY tools that you need in your arsenal. Go check it out. I have a link down below. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. And I look forward to talking to you again soon.